0: Welcome to the
1: Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fertinski. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fertinsky. You can find me on Twitter at NFL. You can also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and even Twitter at Herd and 10 for daily Buffalo Bills content. So for this episode, we have quite a few things to cover. First of all, and most of all, the Buffalo Bills have looked exceptional during this preseason so far. We saw in last week's game, Mitchell Trubisky looks like a really good backup. I would say at this point, he looks like he could start in the NFL. I would be quite surprised at this point if he doesn't land a starting gig next season. That guy can play. He looked really good. I understand it's just preseason, but he looked comfortable. He looked smooth. The arm strength is there. The mobility is there. The decision making is there. He definitely is the best backup the Bills could ever have. And if something were to happen to Allen, I feel pretty good about Trubisky if we need him for a game or two to carry the team. I really think he is good enough. As well, we have rookie receiver Marquez Stevenson or Marquez Stevenson, however you like to pronounce his first name. He looks incredible punt return, touchdown, and even with without that return, he looks so fast in the return game, in other returns, outside of just that touchdown return. He looks really good. And Isaiah McKenzie is concerning, at least for me. He almost fumbled a punt. Well, he fumbled it, and then he was able to thankfully recover it. But he doesn't have the same blistering speed the way Stevenson does. There is no question McKenzie is a better receiver than Stevenson, at least at this point. But he doesn't offer that utility. As a returner, I am not confident in him anymore. Again, I know it's one game, but if you're fumbling in preseason, it's not a great sign for the season. And I just don't love the idea of him as our go-to returner. For kick returns, punt returns, I don't think he's good enough. I don't know if he's ready for that. And this might be the reason why he didn't get any offers in the offseason. No team picked him up when they could have. And that's because all he can be is a receiver. It doesn't seem like he has that utility as a returner. And maybe I'll be proven wrong when the season begins if he is the Bills returner. But at this point, I am not super confident in him. And I'm not saying I'm super confident in Stevenson either. But he's a draft pick, he's making league minimum, and he looks so fast. So even if he could be decent, with that type of speed, you better believe he's going to be able to break some tackles and maybe return one or two touchdowns. So the point being is, there is a battle. I think there is a legitimate battle between Stevenson and McKenzie. Not only because of what Stevenson has done in the return game, but also the lack of McKenzie's returns and what he has done in preseason so far. Outside of being a receiver, he has not looked good as the Bills' main returner. So he may have been the front man entering preseason, but I'm not sure if he's a clear-cut winner yet. I think there is still a battle to be had there. And then the last piece of we got to talk about from the last preseason game, is Greg Rousseau. This guy looks like he could be elite. I was talking to my brother the other day about it. We both had our doubts when the Bills drafted Rousseau. Not that we didn't think Rousseau could be good, but that we thought he was going to be a project and he was going to be further away from being productive in the NFL. But from the first two preseason games, Rousseau not only looks like he could be a nice addition to this team, he looks like he could lead this defensive line. With that length and that speed, and it seems to appear his natural ability as a defensive end, I think Greg Rousseau could be leading the team in sacks by the end of the season. I don't know what percentage of snaps he's going to get But you better believe he's going to get 40-50% plus snaps. Because the way he looks so far is a natural. He's got a sack in each of the games, I believe. And it's just the pressure he's getting. It's the way he's getting around guys. This finesse to get around the tackle is just so impressive. I am blown away by how good Rousseau has looked. I know he's looked good in training camp. The analysts have said practice after practice. Rousseau has been surprising people, and he has done it again in this preseason game. He has shocked me, and I think he's shocked a lot of people. He looks really impressive. Now, Boogie Basham, on the other hand, is a bit of a questionable pick. Did we need another defensive end slash defensive tackle? We don't really know what he's going to be. He's definitely a power guy. He doesn't have the finesse or the speed or the length that Rousseau has. But he's definitely a grinder, and he might be good as well. But I don't think he's an elite pass rusher. And honestly, at this point, Rousseau could be elite by the end of this season. He could be a top defensive end in the NFL. If he continues this way on this Bills team, on this Bills defense that looks really good, I think Rousseau could really benefit. He is surrounded by quality veterans. He's surrounded by great coaches. And I think he has a chance to do something incredibly special in his rookie season with the Buffalo Bills. As for other things going on, there are quite a bit of COVID-19 related items that we need to cover. And it's a real shame that we have to continue to talk about this. But McDermott came out this week and he talked about how frustrated he is by the team's low vaccination rate. It's a real problem. We know that a lot of teams are not having this issue. That they have 90 plus percent of the team vaccinated and they're not having issues. That does not appear to be the case for the Bills. McDermott was asked point blank about it. And he said it's tough. It's frustrating, it's challenging, however you want to say it, but I can't make the decision for them. And these comments have come now after the wake of Isaiah McKenzie revealing that he was disciplined and was charged for violating the NFL's COVID-19 protocols for unvaccinated players. He was not wearing a mask inside the team's facility, and apparently this happened on multiple occasion and he was fined for it and as well no surprise here Cole Beasley has also been fined and you know this is really concerning you have guys that are not getting vaccinated but they're also not following the protocols this is a big problem I understand that they might find it to be annoying but this is how it's going to be if you don't want to be vaccinated that is okay But you're going to have to follow a very strict set of rules. And if you don't follow them, you are going to be fined. And I would imagine if it continues, there could be suspensions. This is very concerning. And this is another thing that should be brought up. Because McKenzie is not vaccinated. Should that impact his ability to be the kick returner? Or at the very least, should this be an opportunity for the Bills to look And say, hey, we maybe need to keep an extra receiver. Yes, we don't want to keep an extra, but we may need to. Because if something happens with McKenzie, we don't have another solid returner. Maybe we need to keep a guy like Stevenson, even if he doesn't win the job. And that's, I think, where things could shake up. I could see the Bills keeping Stevenson just for the reason alone that he looks just as good as McKenzie if not better as a returner and as a safety net in case something goes wrong with McKenzie and we've already seen a bunch of players were sent home this week including Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis and Starla Tule oh and Vernon Butler they were put on a five day hiatus to basically be removed from the facility they cannot practice with the team they have to stay home And that's because they were exposed to a trainer of the Bills who tested positive for COVID. Now, the trainer has his vaccine. So all he has to do is get a negative test and he is okay. That's what I believe it is. But if you are not vaccinated, you have to go home for five days and test negative, I believe, multiple times. This is a big problem. And I know a lot of people might think, oh, well, it's okay. This is way before the season. Yeah, but what if this happens during the season? What if Cole Beasley is sent home for five days and that includes Sunday and he misses a game or includes Thursday or it includes Monday? If it includes and he misses a game on Sunday or it includes a Monday or a Thursday game and he misses one or two games, it's a big, big problem. And the Bills are going to have to deal with it because... It's not a good start. This is not a good sign of what's coming. And it's very concerning to me. Especially when you have guys who I would argue shouldn't be on the team anymore. You have Vernon Butler. He should be cut. They restructured his deal. They clearly do not need him. The Bills defensive line looks fantastic. And I don't think they need him. And Latulale, I mean, come on. You took the season off because you were worried about COVID. You come back, and now you won't even get the vaccine. That is, to me, it's incredibly frustrating. So I get where McDermott's coming from. The coaching staff has to be vaccinated, but the players don't. That's already one thing. Fine, you want to let the players decide. But now you're running into real problems. You're going to have your best players potentially out for games. That is a big, big concern and I'm not loving it so we're going to take a quick break here and then we are going to be on with Victoria Geary she's a writer at Ball Blast Football and I am super excited for this chat I think she's going to have a lot to bring to the table so really stick around for that and we will speak in just a moment thank you Welcome back to the Herd in 10 podcast. I am joined by Victoria Geary, and I made a mistake. I said ball blast, but she's actually part of the football guys. Now, she's also part of the football guys podcast as well. So she knows all things football, but she also knows all things Buffalo Bills. Victoria, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find your content, where they can find your stuff?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at FFB underscore Victoria. And as you mentioned already, I'm at footballguys.com. Articles are there. I'm on the Football Guys Mailbag Show every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And you can send your questions to mailbag at footballguys.com or just at me on Twitter. We answer all your burning questions there every Wednesday.
1: Awesome. So We have the final Buffalo Bills preseason game. Now it's only the third, but this is the final one. And this is going to be the dress rehearsal. McDermott already has said that most of the Bills starters would play, that they may actually play even into the third quarter. That, of course, would include quarterback Josh Allen. I want to get your thoughts on this, what we should expect to see although all the starters are going to be playing or presumably most of them will be playing, is it just going to be a vanilla offense? Are we going to get a real taste of what the offense might actually look like this year?
0: I think I'm with you. I don't think that offensive coordinator Brian Davel is going to give any of his his fantastic plays. I'm sure that he's been working on throughout the offseason away. I'm sure this is just... I, I was thinking earlier today, I was a little shocked to see that the starters may pl- may play into the third quarter. I'm not sure they'll do that with Josh himself. It'll be interesting to see. I think it'll be good for someone like Diggs, who obviously they've been quiet about this injury. I know he's back at practice. Thank goodness, right? We can all have a sigh of relief there. So wouldn't be shocked if they keep him in a little bit longer than usual, just, just to get him going there. But I'm not expecting to too much. I'm still looking at, The run game to be honest with you because I think we know who Josh is we know who Diggs is we know uh, we know who Beasley is I'm looking at the run game and I'm looking at the Gabe versus Emmanuel Sanders battle as well that is one thing I hope we get to see in this preseason game upcoming and I am looking to see if they're going more toward uh, Zach Moss or Devin Singletary because I was on my couch cheering for Singletary last week, just seeing him cut and get into the end zone on that fourth and one. That was a thing of beauty, to be honest. And he regressed a little bit last season, and uh, that was a little bit worrisome. But I'm I'm rooting for them both, obviously. But those are the the battles I'm I'm looking to watch for this upcoming game.
1: For sure, there's definitely. at least from my side, some concern about the running backs because we haven't seen a lot. You know, we know Singletary took a big step backwards last season, and there's hope that he'll take that step forwards. I'm still concerned about his size and his ability to really touch the ball, you know, 15 plus times. I would imagine that whoever starts for the Bills, they're not going to carry the ball a whole lot. I think Matt Breida looks okay. I think his decision-making is a little questionable. So I'm definitely concerned about that. You know, and then we have Zach Moss, who, again, maybe he'll take a step forward. Maybe we'll see something different than what we saw in his rookie season. But it's true. There's going to be quite a battle there in the running back position. There is another battle going on, and it really falls in the receiving position. And that's for a few reasons. Number one, The Bills depth is, of course, fantastic this year. But there's also quite a few guys who maybe should make the team, but they might not make it because of that depth. I think one of those guys could be Jake Kumara. When we look at him, he looks really impressive. The talent is there. The hands are there. But should he make it over a guy like, say, Isaiah Hodgins, if he can be healthy? Should he make it over a guy like Isaiah McKenzie? Should he make it over a rookie receiver in Marquez Stevenson? And I think this comes down to really utility and versatility. And I'm a little concerned about McKenzie's returning. He did fumble last game. He did recover it, but he fumbled nonetheless. Are you concerned at all? Because I talk about it earlier in this episode. I specifically talk about that battle for the return. And given what Stevenson did, I think there's a legitimate shot that he could be the starting returner.
0: What he did, taking that that punt to the house last week, I think that is exactly what he needed to do to stay on the map and stay on the minds of, of these coaches, right? And I was so happy to see that. It was electric. I think I am with you on the concern with McKenzie, although he's a guy that fans love to root for, right? He's he's near and dear to fans' hearts. With this injury, this I believe it was a shoulder injury that happened in practice this week. It sounded like Jordan Poyer, uh, he took a hit from Jordan Poyer, unfortunately, in practice. Someone said they saw him in a sling, I think I saw that reported. That is more worrisome to me than, than his fumble. He was, if you remember, I think it was the final game in the season, or one of the games we played against Miami. He was he took he took a punt return to the house as well. Isaiah Absolutely, and he that was he
1: had a monster game. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I, I believe in him still. I think having Stevenson, the rookie, as depth is fantastic. I am with you though. Let, let's let's go back to Kumaro though as well. They're banging the drum for him. Throughout the entire training camp, they, they are speaking very highly of this guy. Josh himself even was speaking very highly of him in interviews recently. He played the same amount of snaps as Gabriel Davis, 28 snaps last preseason game. So I think they're, he has a realistic shot in my mind to make this roster. I don't know what you think if... if um, I, I'm curious to see if they go into the season with seven wide receivers. Because if they have any of these guys drop to the uh, drop off the roster, these other teams are going to be gobbling up this receiving talent, which is sad to hear because they are like you already mentioned such a talented bunch, but I would hate to see a good receiver drop to to the practice squad and then just get ripped off of waivers and, and onto another team. Right.
1: Definitely. They, they talked about it during the game, during the last preseason game against the bears that, The Bills are fortunately and unfortunately ripe for the picking (laughs) when it comes to receivers. They just have so many and they cannot keep them all. It's going to be interesting to see how many they keep. I know in the past few years, they've rolled with six. I would love for them to keep seven, especially, and we're not going to go deep into this, but especially with everything going on with COVID-19. And just the fact that a player could miss a game, it is possible. Something could happen. They could have to quarantine. There's a million different things that could happen. And I just feel like that receiving position is so important, specifically to the Buffalo Bills, more than a lot of teams, because we're a pass-first offense now. We don't have a great run game, as we've already covered. And that means the Bills need to move the ball and need all their receivers And if a guy goes down or if a few guys go down, having that extra guy, especially when you know your wide receiver seven could potentially be a wide receiver four or five on practically any other team in the NFL tells me that they should carry the guy. You should carry seven because you have enough. And I think you have enough on the O-line, enough on the D-line that you don't necessarily need those extra pieces. I think it would be more, Important to have that extra piece. I don't know who that extra piece is going to be, but I think that it would probably be beneficial to this Buffalo Bills team.
0: I the absolutely final agree
1: with you. Item I want to cover here is what's going on with the defensive line. And it's incredible. What is happening is unbelievable. This defensive line looks nothing like the one from last season. It's just a leaps and bounds when you look at the actual talent level, the speed that they brought in, when when they drafted two defensive ends, I was like pulling my hair out. I couldn't believe that the Bills had done it again, that they had just focused (laughs) on the defensive line like they have time and time again and practically ignored the cornerback position. And I'm still not thrilled about it. But when we look at who they brought in, when you look at what Gregory Rousseau has done in the first two games, and throughout training camp. It's hard to argue that pick. He just looks like something special. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on him and what you think he's going to be this season. Is he going to be a starter? And if so, does that mean the Bills should have let go a guy like Mario Addison? Did they really need to keep him on and continue to pay him whatever it is, seven, $8 million when they could have used that money to bring in a tight end or bring in a cornerback?
0: I love this question. And let me let me preface this with I've been smiling my cheeks here a little bit behind this mic just listening to you gush about our picks and how the defense has just looked night and day different from last season. I am hoping to my core that we can get back to that Sean McDermott top five defense from the last couple of years. I know we were just middle of the pack last season and that hurt us a little bit especially I don't want to bring up any heartbreak here but in that Kansas City game we just could not get to the quarterback and that really hurt us so to see guys like Gregory Rousseau see Harrison Phillips out there see Boogie just in working together not just individual hey you know Rousseau got this sack they are working together very, very nicely, meshing together nicely. And you don't always see that right away with these rookies. And it's so, so great to see, especially knowing every single report that came out after the Bills took Rousseau with their first rounder. This guy's a project. This guy's going to need lots of time to develop. He took the year off. Well, doesn't look like he missed a step. It looks like he's going to be a key piece to this defense this year. And I am so excited to see that your point about Addison is, is, is very true. I I don't know. That kind of stumped me as well. And I don't know if it's them keeping, keeping him around because they didn't know how our first two draft picks would develop or how quickly, or if they would, maybe that was just a safety thing, or they're just looking to go into the season with that much depth. I'm not quite sure
1: yeah I mean, yeah, we're we're going to find out. I think that that you might be right. that That's maybe what's played into it is just based on the fact that not only did analysts think it, but maybe the Buffalo Bill's office thought that Rousseau was a bigger project and that he was going to need a lot more development and that he wasn't going to pick things up so quickly. because I do remember early on, it might even even been in rookie minicamp. It was noted some one of the reports came out saying that Rousseau was picking up on things a lot faster than people expected. So maybe that's why they kept Addison with the hope that, or not the hope, but thinking that if they need time to develop Rousseau, then you have Addison there to help teach him. And Rousseau doesn't need to take on a huge load like he may end up taking on if he's this good. And that brings me to one other player, because I do want to still cover the defensive line here. There is one other player to discuss. And that's AJ Epinesa. Yes. He has also looked absolutely amazing to me. He looks like a different guy. He looks faster. He looks fresh. He doesn't look hesitant. I just, the power there. I last game, he bowled over a tackle and just walked (laughs) right through him. I have never seen Epinesa. And look, he's only played one year, but he did nothing even in the realm of what he did in that game. And I am really excited about him. I don't know. Are are you feeling the same?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I was watching Good Morning Football (GMFB). I think it was last week, and Peter Schrager's got AJ Appanessa in his top ten breakout players of 2021, and that just made me smile so big. He, like you said, he looks night and day different. I hate to say to say it, but this is exactly this is one of the the pieces that the Bills were lacking and it was evident last season that our defense just wasn't up to par as it has been in the past. And to see at least the defensive front come together, I, like you said, I'm still a little bit worried about the second cornerback opposite Trey White. But honestly, what team, what team in the NFL has two stud cornerbacks on their team? I mean, Trey, I'm, I have no worries about Trey. Hopefully Levi Wallace or Dane Jackson can step up and just be that second piece that we need for the cornerbacks this season.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of pressure on Trey White this year just because they didn't go out and get someone else. And hopefully Levi Wallace has an okay season, but there is some concern that the defensive secondary is maybe not as good as it should be or as good as it could be and I guess the problem there is if something were to happen to Tredavious White the Buffalo Bills are in big trouble they really don't have a replacement they would obviously have to go and get one it's just a shame that all of this is being dumped on him and we know what's going to happen teams are generally speaking going to avoid Trey White avoid his side if he is sticking to one side And they're just going to throw to the other side. And we need to hope that Levi Wallace can step it up, that maybe Levi Wallace slash a Dane Jackson tandem can get the job done. I'm also hopeful that we're going to see more out of Tremaine Edmonds this year because I don't think he's really eclipsed what we had hoped he would eclipse at this point in time. Yes, I know he's made the Pro Bowl twice, but when you really look at him and you watch him game in, game out, the way I do, the way you do, We know that Tremaine has not been as good as he could be. So there's obviously hope there. I think when we look at the bills at this point, there's a lot of hope. There's obviously a great team in front of us. There is a playoff caliber and maybe a Super Bowl contending team there. But there's also some players that if they take the step forward that we're hoping they can take. If Tremaine Edmonds can take the leap that Allen took from year two to year three and take this leap, from year three to year four, you better believe the Bills could have the best defense in the NFL. It's certainly possible. I don't know if they will be, but they definitely can be a top tier defense. And if you combine that with the offense that they had last season, assuming it's going to be similar this season, that is a dangerous and scary team and a great team to be cheering for. So Victoria, thank you so much for coming on. Hope to have you on again. I will definitely be checking out your show. I've watched the last few episodes. Love it. It's such a great, it's such a great show. The production value is great. So if anyone wants to check out her show, please check it out. Like she said, every Wednesday, 730 Eastern time, Victoria, thank you so much for coming on and go bills.
0: Go bills. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.